Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Santa Lady. So what? It's the Owen Odyssey. It's Michael Owen's book, Reboot. We're um, working our way through the best bits of it because it's not great all the way through, apparently. But you know, we've 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 mined a seam of, of quality, haven't we? I think it's really good. I, I found it a compelling read from beginning to end. However, I think you know people want to listen to the, our podcast. We're going to get the best bits for them. Then they can make up their minds if they want to read the whole thing. Yeah. But it's Michael Owen's book. We're doing an experiment of just like going straight to the good bit. Going straight to the bit where he scores his wonder goal against Argentina. Fuck it. Yeah. Some people believe in delayed gratification, but I'm not one of those people. I like to fucking... Do you know what I like to do? (laughs) I like to get the fucking custard cream, open the cunt up, and lick the filling straight out, (laughs) then chuck the biscuits in the fucking bin. Jesus Christ. (laughs) This was something something I saw on Twitter recently. It was... I think it was Grace Dent had done a review of a fish and chip restaurant... And in the mm. comments, someone had said, um, uh, uh, the commented that nobody should eat the butter. The butter is only there to protect the fish while it's been fried. Fucking hell. That's the other way round. Yeah. Eat the fucking batter, not the fish. Yeah, exactly. Obviously. Jesus You get Christ. the fish so you can get your hands on the precious batter. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful batter. Um, it's all you fucking want, isn't it? We're digressing already. Where did we get up to last time? Did we get up to the bit where he's, um... He's, he's mid... This, he, he spends a whole chapter describing that famous goal he scored against Argentina in 1998, and we're only midway through the description of it. That's right. He has... To recap... We don't know if he's, he's going to score al- the goal yet, do we? He, he, he's already <laughs> alarmed the Argentinian defenders <coughs> with yeah. one run that's demonstrated his electrifying pace, mm-hmm. right? Now, the Argentinian defence contains the likes of Shamot and um, Alaya. Mm-hmm. Is Alaya the, the, the R&B songstress who died on a plane, um, having overfilled it with bling no. and sang, sang the song Age Ain't Nothing But a Number? No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. It's Ayala, this, isn't it, anyway? Oh, yeah, Ayala, yeah. Very different. Okay, anyway, they're not the same people, but... 
he uh, so he's so now he's received the ball again. This is as far as we've got. He's received the ball again, and he's had a cheeky look over his shoulder. He's in the centre circle. He's about to go. He's had a cheeky look. He's looked back, and he thought, "Fucking hell, they've all stood off mm. because they'd understood from the previous run that they could not live with his pace. Couldn't stop him. So they thought, "We'll sit deep." Anyway, the bit we're up to is great because he looks round, right? He goes, they, could, they couldn't squeeze up on me again. Instead, backs to goal, they just gave me a run on them. Play broke down into something you might see in a school playground. No structure. Assignments lost. In truth, they had no <laughs> chance. I would have run past them all, even if I'd been slow. I thought to myself, their assignments have been lost. <laughs> no, this is what he actually writes. I was thinking, and then he switches to italics... They're sitting ducks. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes, bruv! That is what I'm talking about. They were sitting oh, ducks. Hang on, we did. We covered this bit last week. Well, we, we I got, don't remember. We got up the bit where we oh. talked about Paul Scholes being that he's right. Oh, yeah, that's we? true. It's a bit further down. I do want to say, though, for some of See our younger you want, listeners, mate. about how much animosity there was between... England and Argentina back then um, particularly after this game because as we'll find out the game ended in pretty dramatic and um, unfortunate style from an England point of view and then of course we played them again in the following World Cup and managed to beat them but it was fucking horrible that there was a lot of there was a lot of needle between mm. these two teams and the Argentinian team which since then has become more likeable because of Lionel Messi who's a likeable guy yeah and since then it's been much more about him but back then and the fact as well that they're shit now they are shit aren't they back then they, I mean they were a great this team we're talking about here I think they got knocked out in the following round but they were certainly one of the I mean they were fucking they had Batistuta mm-hmm. up front mm-hmm. and I think probably Crespo as well right yeah it was certainly that era uh, they would have had Zanetti um, they would have had uh, what's yeah, his S- name Simeone didn't they v- Veron yeah Veron dominating midfield. Uh, maybe Raquel May as well, remember him? Yeah, why not? Took him pl- in as well. Maker. Yeah. There were some fucking good players in this Argentinian side, but they were also a bit cuntish, so... Well, we like that. The, the Kings, I think Pochettino the, the, might have played for them. They were sh- the shithousery kings of that era, weren't they, really? They were, they were, were. Yeah. definitely. That's the way to describe it, yeah. Um... Yeah, so Scolzi, uh, he, he, he says, if you watch the replay of Scolzi, comes into view on my right-hand side, uh, and he says, it was never a question in my mind to pass to him. I've never noticed Scholes anywhere. I've only ever seen Mike alone in the, the footage of this, pouting towards yeah. the goal. And there's no way we'll like ever that everything to else goes blank. And the Argentinian defenders do genuinely look like frightened schoolboys. Yeah. Like when he says assignments, also, that makes sense because they none of them look like professional footballers. They look like your Monday night five aside, <laughs> where you don't quite know where to stand. Yeah. Like, oh fucking hell! Look how fast he is! <laughs> Someone stop him! I can't fucking stop him! <laughs> I can't fucking see him. <laughs> he said, "You like Billy fucking whiz this guy." <laughs> it was a question. It was never a question. My mind to pass the schools, not because I'm selfish, but more because I was already in a rhythm, a pattern that ruled it out. It, this is mad because no one ever thought he should have passed the schools. It was just only mm. one thing 
was going to happen from the minute he got the ball. It's a bit touchy, Michael Owen. I feel as if everyone he's Mm. ever met has gone, that goal against Argentina, wow. It's one of the most memorable things Mm. I've ever seen. Matter of fact, I think on my brother's podcast, Life Goals, which you should check out. Very good. uh, Available via all the channels. uh, I think it's the most chosen goal. I don't think you or I chose it on our Life Goals, but I think overall, so far... That is the most selected goal. Is it? I mean, the idea of the podcast is people choose their eight most memorable goals that they've ever seen. And I think across all the guests, you must have done about 20 episodes now. Um, that's the, the most regularly chosen one. Because people just think, yeah, it was some fucking kid. Literally a child had been thrown into the cauldron of a World mm. Cup um, last 16 game against one of the greatest teams on earth. And he just absolutely tore them a new arsehole like someone in the playground, right, might do. And, uh, you know, so I think that everyone who's ever met him has gone, oh, yeah, brilliant, brilliant, I remember it, I remember where I was when I saw it, oh, it's the most memorable thing in my life. And then one cunt (laughs) has tried to be clever and gone, why didn't you pass the skulls in? (laughs) (laughs) And he thought, you fucking cunt. And he's obsessed over it ever since. And that's that he can't get that one comment out of his head. (laughs) That's exactly what it is, isn't it? Yeah. (coughs) Yeah. Totally. And then he goes Sometimes on. Sometimes we're like that, though. Like, people will praise the podcast, mm. and it'll be all really nice praise, and we're like, yeah, 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 great, great, great. And then someone will say one small thing, like, oh, uh, wasn't so sure about the uh, Earth Tournament stuff, or something like mm. that, and we'll be like, the fucking cunt. Wasn't there, wasn't there some bloke in Scotland that we looked at having, getting him kneecapped over a, a Twitter comment? I vaguely remember mm. that from the yeah. from the heights yeah. of the tour when you know when we were just in a days of adrenaline and um, just fucking remember that, listeners, as well. Right? All these other fucking podcasts that are out there, right? That fucking other like quickly Kevin Willie score, right? Which is covers all this era of football, or you're fucking totally football with all of those fucking. Ponzi European journalists going, oh yes, <laughs> yes, and of course Werder Bredem have been playing with a back three of late, right, and making their lame sexual innuendo gags, like, oh, well, <laughs> I think that the, uh, the Dutch are always in for a big one. <laughs> Although... All I'm saying is, we are the only fucking podcast that can and will arrange for individual listeners who we take exception to to be fucking kneecapped by a fucking nutter out of Broadmoor. I will pay them. They will fucking find you wherever you are. You could go and fucking hide in the woods. I don't give a shit. And they will come and they will do your fucking kneecaps over. We're not even shy about it. No, I don't fucking care. And you won't get that from the other podcasts, Definitely right? Definitely not. Definitely go Peter Crowley. You know what they'll say if you criticise them? Uh, maybe we'll try harder. <laughs> fucking we'll take your we'll, we'll take your comments on board and have a look at how we conduct ourselves in the future. Oh, fucking... I tell you what, right? The fucking... The hand of Top Flight Time Machine reaches fucking everywhere. Mm. And everyone, it's so don't a, think you can fucking hide. You see, a hand. even you cunts listening to us out in Australia and New Zealand, you know who you are. We, can, we don't worry about that. I got people out there. You see a hand? It's more like a series of tentacles. Fucking tentacles, mate. Top That's what you're dealing with here. Tentacles. <laughs> fucking think on. 
So, yeah. In fact, I'm thinking of changing the Top Flight Time Machine logo from a football, which is a, a little bit misleading anyway, <laughs> right, to just a fucking mad octopus. <laughs> With 50 tentacles. <laughs> a 50 tentacled octopus with a fucking mad look in its eye. <laughs> and maybe maybe a straw up its nose so it's like snorting some um some sea some sea fanny powder. <laughs> sea filings. <laughs> sea filings, yeah. I fucking love it. You can get loads down here, right? You you gotta go right for the good stuff, you've got to go right down onto the seabed. Right, real deep. And you get right down on sea seabed in the coral and all yeah. that. And you can and you can and it's free. You just find your fucking sea filings, right? <laughs> fucking amazing, fresh. So while we're on the subject of overreactions with my thin skinned talent, uh mm. back to the schools <laughs> thing. And he continues on, he says, As it stood, Scolzi never even shouted for the ball. I think we both knew it would have been a really difficult finish for him anyway, running straight up to a ball <laughs> that was coming across him. Fucking hell, all right, Michael, we've already established that nobody thought Scolzi should have had the ball. Uh, yeah, exactly. Paul, like, Michael, pass it. <laughs> no, Paul. <laughs> It's too much of a difficult finish for you. <laughs> oh, no fair point. enough. Look, look fair at them. Enough. You take it on. Look at them. Their assignments have been lost. <laughs> <laughs> this is mine. I gave Paul a look. <laughs> I gave Paul a look as we silently communicated the same thing. Assignments equal sign lost. <laughs> Once I moved it to my right, it was the easiest thing in the world to clip it back the other way. It was on my right foot. It was a great angle. When it came to it, the clip finish was something I practiced so many times. I need to stress again. Oh, God, that's a sentence like that's never going to end well, is it? I need to stress again. <laughs> I need to stress again how important my childhood experimentation was for moments like this. My childhood experimentations. <laughs> In my goal laboratory. <laughs> Otherwise known as the back garden. If you had a camera at ball level, you wouldn't have seen a lot of net. It would have been all goalkeeper. We'll take your word okay. for that, Michael. Um, I could have perhaps rolled it through his legs, but even that would have been risky. If I'd gone low or mid-height, there wouldn't have been that much goal either. Had I been further right... I was going through the, every fucking possible angle here. Um, had I been further right, a near-post finish would have entered the equation because the natural shape of that shot moves right to left. Oh, it's all going to be totally football, hasn't it? Um, I could have started it outside and brought it back in. I could have stuck it up my fucking jumper and ran round the cunt. No, he never said that. <laughs> uh, but by clipping the ball high and back across the keeper, I was giving myself the biggest target. As soon as I touched it, I thought, that's in! Clip it high and back across the keeper. <laughs> Bang! It's in. TTFN. We've won the World Cup. <laughs> no, we haven't, Michael. We fucking have. <laughs> I have. Watch the fucking commercial fucking contracts run, running yeah. now, bastards. As much as scoring a goal in any situation gives me a huge rush of adrenaline, the aftermath of that goal in Sinetien was memorable for other reasons. Wow. As I scored and peeled away towards the touchline to celebrate, my teammates submerged me for what seemed like forever. In reality, it was only a few seconds. Oh, this seems like forever. This is life now. This is how we are. <laughs> My teammates on top of me. A massive pylon. And, um... 
yeah, it was it was it was fucking great, wasn't it? I'm not surprised so many people have picked that as a as their top goal. Where were you great. when you watched it? Pub. Pub in Sunderland. Yeah. Um, did everyone throw their beer in the air? No. Bet they didn't. Not in Sunderland because no, people not. aren't that fucking thick there to like th- waste good beer by throwing it in. And also, it's different times. The, the beer throwing's a recent thing, isn't it? It's, it's not. Um, this was very recent, I new, think. new Labour were only a year old. Yeah. Right. This this was a golden era for this country. Yeah. It was. Right. It, there was prosperity. There was peace. And don't let any cunt tell pu- you otherwise because it fucking was. It, oh, fucking out. Listen, right. Tony Blair's government was building hospitals hand over fucking fist at this point. Schools, hospitals, right? They did sure start, right? They had people fucking off their benefits, right? They, they fucking. It was these were salad days. The, the, the and also in the world, the Cold War was over, right? Mm. Um, but the war with, on terror, or whatever you want to call it, hadn't yet begun. We were three years away from 9-11, and we were four years the other way from the Cold War in the Berlin Wall and everything, right? Um, well, we were longer than that. We were, like, nine Seven years away from the Berlin Wall falling. And it was fucking... Everything was going well. And then Michael Owen does this as well. No cunts throwing their beer in the air, mate. We're fucking chucking it down our neck. You know, good. Not the Caffrey's over here, cunts. <laughs> and also a fucking turbo shandy. That's right. Double Smirnoff with a fucking hooch in it, cunt. Jalapeño. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Jalapeño. Then he, he moves on to the, uh, the penalty shootout in the same game. Which is very interesting, isn't it? Oh, this is one. Of, this is one of my favourite bits in the book. Uh, it, he um, he says it was impossible. He's, he's dead nervous, isn't he? He says it was impossible not to be aware of our history and penalties over the years. I'd see. I'd been a fan sitting in front of the TV. I'd seen Southgate in a pizza advert walking into a post. I'd seen Chris Waddle blaze it over the bar. I'd seen Stuart Pearce miss. I could name everyone who'd missed for England. And we all saw what the press did to people when they did things wrong. Objects that would be placed on their heads in photos the next morning's papers. What? <laughs> Reach for the object file. John Pigface is there. Fucking hell. Oh, we missed a penalty. Get the fucking object on the cunt's face. Who was it? Yeah. How did he miss it? Uh, activate penalty, miss. Get an appropriate activate, object. 
activate project penalty, miss. Right. Get a right fucking... Get a fucking mutilated dog's egg picture, right, <laughs> and graph that cunt's face onto it right now. David Batty's. Who missed Southgate? What's he look like? Oh, bit like a turnip. Yeah, put a fucking turnip on the front of the paper with his face on right. it. Right, find out where his kids go to school. Go down there and pay some of the other kids to bully them. Then we can report on it and say it's a disgrace. Well, about his old grandma, she in a home somewhere. Right, quick, <laughs> get yourself a job in that home, smuggle yourself in, and fucking hold her head in the fucking toilet. Wear this typing camera. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her that she fucking yeah, caused this. She made this happen. <laughs> um... This was an era. It was, ba- it was Batty and Ince, wasn't it? It was Batty and Ince who missed that night. That I must was, admit, yeah. but Paul Ince was um, the subject of a lot of West Ham hatred back then. And, I mean, he was real, like, enemy number one before Lampard sort of took that from him. And there was a... T- I've got to admit, there was a tiny, tiny bit of... Yeah, Schadenfreude, I would say. Mm. That if someone's got a miss, it might as well be Paul Ince. <laughs> that was what I was thinking. In any given situation, if someone's got a fuck up, it might as well be Paul Ince. Yeah. Or Frank yeah. Lampard. Well, th- th- now it'd be Frank Lampard. In those days, Frank Lampard was playing for West Ham. In fact, <clears throat> him and I think him and Rio were invited out to the uh, to the training camp, even though they were very young. Mm. I think Hoddle had the foresight to invite Rio Ferdinand and Frank Lampard as England's two most promising players yeah. to go out and spend much of the training camp with the England team, knowing that they wouldn't be going. But he just thought, get used to it because you'll be in the squad properly soon. Yeah. So, yeah, good manager, Glenn Hoddle. He also brought Eileen all the, Drury. All the players loved him. He also, brought Eileen, he also brought Eileen Drury along as well. So, you know, it's not, he did, it's not yeah. good, is it? No. Um, so... Um, Michael. So anyway, he's about to take the penalty, isn't he? Yeah, he says, rightly or wrongly, prior to that penalty kick competition, my only thought was just don't let it be me. Not to take one, but, you know, to miss mm. and have to mm. deal with all that aftermath. Um, he says, was that a selfish thought? I don't know. Did everyone else feel the same? You'd need to ask them. Should I have been... Oh, <laughs> well, fuck, off. We've, we've bought your book now. Right, that's a bit disingenuous, isn't it? It's like, you buy the book, going, oh, and they have... Uh, yeah, get... Get the insight and the inside story of Michael Owen's career and everything that went on behind the scenes. And then you can't just then, after we've handed over our fucking 1999 or however much the hardback was, go, I don't know, you'd have to read their book. I'll go and find here's, them and ask here's them. Here's a reading list. <laughs> well, I can't fucking ask them what they... I can't go round asking the class of 98 what they were thinking at that time. I want you to fucking tell me. Yeah. At least what you think, even if you don't know for a fact. But he doesn't. What a rip-off. Um, he says, should I have been more positive as I was walking towards the ball? Probably. But I only <laughs> felt what I felt because I didn't want to be on the wrong side of history. What didn't help me much was that I had no idea where I was going to put the ball right up until I struck it. That seems bizarre because he seems to have got every sort of available angle and possibility sorted out when he's playing in open play. He just knows instinctively mm. what he's going to do. You'd think he'd have an idea. But no. Um, and no, he says, not in a penalty situation. Yeah. He says, anyway, I had no clue where I was going as I stood in the centre circle awaiting my turn. Alan Shearer had just taken one and had scored. I was fourth in line. Nervous, I said to him, Al, which corner should I go for? 
I just wanted some moral support. He just looked at me with that quizzical, withering expression that sometimes crosses his face. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> do what you normally fucking do, he said. Stick it in the back of the net. <laughs> what an absolute cunt. <laughs> what a cunt. Michael, Alan Shearer, right, was the biggest fucking superstar in the England team. Yeah. Was he our captain at the time? I think he was, right? Mm. Fucking Michael Owen is a boy. Yeah. And... It, and he is nervous, and you are the fucking leader of the team. Stick it in the fucking back of the neck, cunt. Yeah. Fuck. What an absolute fucking cunt. Shearer is the totemic figure of English football at that time. Uh, a goal the machine. Boy, a goal the machine. The boy who would be king. Yeah. Approaches him yeah. and shows him, Just throws himself at his mercy. Deference. Bravely shows his own vulnerability yeah. to him. And that's not... Bows down to that's him. That's not easy in a situation and, like this. And how does he repay that? By mugging the cunt off. Mugging the cunt right off. Do what you normally fucking do. Stick it in the back of the net. What do you think, you thick bastard? Fucking score what it. What you going to do? Stick it up your jumper and run round the cunt? Yeah. What are you going to do? Try and fucking bum it? <laughs> <laughs> no, my. No, Alan. Why would I... How? Why would I, or how would I, bomb a football? I don't know, you fucking little, little weirdo. Put a little hole in it, hasn't it? Put your knob in the hole. <laughs> or cut your own hole in it. <laughs> I've seen it done. <laughs> Have you not got a penknife in your sock? Cut a hole <laughs> in it. We all got penknives in our socks, all of us. Yeah. Argentina, I've seen sake. people, believe me, I've seen people fuck weirder things than footballs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, maybe I should have asked uh, Gareth Southgate instead. <laughs> He'll tell you the same, you little shit. You ever seen a man? F- you ever seen a man fuck a teapot? I have. <laughs> and it, and, a, and a teapot has got more than one orifice, and I've seen him fuck all of them. <laughs> fuck teapot orgy. Horrible. Fuck the spout and the main hole. Hor- <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. But also quite arousing. It's <laughs> yeah. um, so bad, that bit, isn't it? It's so bad, I think. He says that- and, of course, this is a little glimpse of the fact that they do have an extremely tricky relationship as the book progresses, because, of yeah. course, eventually Michael Owen ends up at Newcastle United with Alan Shearer. Yeah. He says, that was Al style, and it wasn't exactly what I wanted to hear. Um... For whatever reason, my standard finish was always low down to the keeper's left-hand side. My right. I don't even know why I favoured this, because on paper it's harder to put the ball in that corner as a right-footed player. Standing there in the centre circle, I looked over at my mum and dad. I pointed left and right as if to say which way. What the hell was I thinking? Fucking hell. <laughs> Mum! Yeah, quite. What shall I do? The fucking desperation, that is. Well, this is what happens when Alan, she- Alan Sheeran <laughs> mugs you off, doesn't it? Where do you turn to? <laughs> Your fucking mummy, what does she know about penalty taking? <laughs> I don't know, love. I'm sure wherever you kick it, it'll be really good. Just do your best, try your hardest, and kick it. As you hard can't as you score can. every time. In fact, if you did, it would be boring, wouldn't it? <laughs> fucking hell, mum. I wish I'd never asked you worse than fucking Alan Shearer. Just toss a fucking coin for us, will you, mum? Left or right? All right, you grumpy cunt. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> Do what your pal Alan said and fucking score I'll them. Not, I'll not fucking cut for the next one. 
I don't think I was thinking at all. I was afraid and was half joking with them in an attempt to alleviate my own nerves. My mother, the worrier, couldn't cope with it. She covered her face. I assumed to make the situation go away. Fucking embarrassment, mate, is what it was. She's embarrassed for you. She's pretending she doesn't fucking know you, mate. Your own mother. Because you fucking lost your shit so badly. I've never heard of a fucking professional footballer running over to the crowd to ask his mum what side he should knock a fucking penalty. <laughs> That's his mum. And then he says, Dad, ever the implacable one, just stared ahead. I'm going I'm I'm to pretend this isn't happening. <laughs> he's not yeah. with me. He's talking to somebody else. Great daddin. Yeah. Fucking Keep your nerve, no. Michael. Don't make a scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's mm-hmm. watching, go Michael. Your, go back to your friends in the circle. <laughs> it's almost your turn. Hold it together, Michael, for God's sake. <laughs> Just uh, pretend you're in the garden where I used to send you all those nights and days. You're behaving like a little Nancy boy. <laughs> 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 if only you were more like that Alan Shearer. <laughs> Have you no, thought he's of, a son. Haven't you, I'm sure his father's very proud. <laughs> haven't you thought about asking Alan? He'll help you. <laughs> oh, I've already asked him. And what did he say? He just told me to stick it in the back of the head. Well, do oh, that go and then. fucking do it then, you little shit. <laughs> How hard? It's your fucking job. How hard can it be? <laughs> as I walked to the ball I was no less conflicted going through my head was the fact that for all our previous penalties the keeper had guessed correctly in a brief moment of paranoia I started thinking maybe he spotted something in the run-ups oh. maybe uh, I only made my decision as I stood by the ball I decided I was going to open my body up in the run-up as far as I possibly could as if to exaggerate I was going right then at the last second I decided I'd drag it left in the other corner it sounds simple, but you've still got to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the penalties are fucking hard. Yeah, aren't they? it's all psychological, I mean, isn't it? I, but the, I tell you what, when you play, I haven't taken many penalties in a you know full size situation, eleven aside. But whenever I've done it, just in practice or whatever, fucking hell. Once there was a magazine years ago called FHM Bionic, which was set up as a rival to like Men's Health. Was it so it F- was a, a spin off from FHM. FHM for Bionic Men. Yeah, and I was obviously I'm Bionic, so they asked me to write things for them, and they did what they did this thing where they said we want to see if you can play football drunk. Mm. I think it was going to be a regular series where it's like, what sports can you get better at drunk? I think probably based on premise that people say darts and pool, you can be a little bit better if you're a little bit drunk, right? So they sent me with a photographer and the goalkeeper up to fucking Regent's Park and a load of cans. Strange assignment. (laughs) I was only young, but I'll tell you what, they were paying me for it. They ran ran me out and said, well, you go up the park and put on your football kit, full kit. I remember I had an Italy shirt and they said, go up, full kit. And we're going to put you through some basic footballing trials, coaching stuff, you know, in and yeah. out of cones and all that. And then you're going to drink a can and you're going to do it again. Mm. And then you're going to drink another can and you're going to do it again. And you're going to keep do- drinking more can each, another can each until you're pissed. Yeah. And then we're going to assess it and take photos. And it was quite interesting. I mean, it was fucking... I mean... It's not bad, is it? I got paid for getting pissed well, up and having a kick around. I, I have to say, it's not what I got into journalism for. 
in the <laughs> first place, but I'll certainly consider it. This is this. I never read one of my Tintin books. He never was asked to do this. <laughs> More of a Captain Haddock type assignment. Um, anyway, obviously I did it, and I remember the hardest bit by a mile. Sober, it was a pretty good keeper, and it's just like suddenly psychologically to me. You always look it on TV and you think, obviously the advantage is with the penalty kick taker, mm. and it's hard for the fucking goalie. But when I was taking them, I was thinking, this is fucking nightmarish. Twelve yards you know I mean? is I, twelve yards is fucking far. It's fucking it? miles. <laughs> and you're like, unless I fucking smack this one, yeah. right? Then you can see why Chris Waddle missed in 1990 because you think, unless I fucking smack it, <laughs> he's get the cunt's gonna save it. <laughs> Right, yeah. so every time I'm fucking smacking it and I'm skying it. So then I think, right, I've got no accuracy here. I'm going to place it. So I side foot place it. Fucking reads it a mile Didn't off and saves it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trickled along into his welcoming arms. <laughs> penalties are hard. Penalties are hard. <laughs> Have we learned anything from this episode? It's that penalties are penalties hard. are hard. They're harder than you think, right? So right. go easy as my- on the cunts who have to take them. As Michael says, the ball flew into the top corner, hitting the post as it went in. Keeper dived the wrong way, but you could have put five keepers in there and they wouldn't have saved it. Oh, really? Uh, did I really mean to put it that high? Absolutely not. I was aiming for something of mid-height in a particular area just to throw the keeper off the scent. I got away with one. And when it went in, there was no joy, just relief. As embarrassing as it is to admit, it's a very selfish state of mind you go into at that moment. Thank God it wasn't me. There it is. Thank God I wasn't the turn up on the front of the sun the next morning. And nothing else matters. Yes. So that's the end of that story. (laughs) And uh, all you need to know, I have no memories of what happened after that (laughs) game in that World Cup. All you have to know is I scored a fucking classic (laughs) in open play. And then I didn't miss a penalty in the shootout. So fuck off. Next chapter. 100% for Michael. (laughs) In fact, I was halfway down the tunnel and Glenn told me to go back out because they were still taking the shootout. I didn't quite understand what was happening. But I've done my job, Gaffer. I said to him, Gaffer, did you see the fucking goal I scored out there? It was a fucking classic. (laughs) They'll be talking about this. They'll be putting it in fucking World Cup best of compilations for the next fucking hundred years, you cunt. The least you can do is let me off taking a penalty after that. (laughs) And that's that for now. We'll leave it there. Um, We've still got a bit of business with David Beckham as well coming up in the next one from the same match. Would you say that's your favourite um, World Cup goal in terms of like the quality of the goal? There's been some good ones. In 1990, I remember Roberto Baggio against... I think it might have been against maybe the Czech Republic or something. He got the ball quite mm. deep and he just fucking went round every cunt. It was like a cocaine-style goal. Yeah. I suppose Maradona's against England is the best, actually, I isn't it? I think it, it is, yeah. It's that. just tainted by the fact that everyone thinks that um, he's, he's Satan because of what he did yeah. two minutes before. But, yeah, it doesn't get a lot... I mean, you know, Pete, yeah. Peter Reid and Terry Fennick were blowing out their arses. But even, yeah. even so... Fucking hell! <laughs> Terry! Terry! Kick the cunt! <laughs> I fucking charge a cunt! I can't fucking keep up with him! <laughs> <laughs> Great days. Right. If you want to know more about that, go back and listen to our World Cup 1986 episode that we did. Yeah. Ultimate cocaine year, goal. Year and and funnily enough, there's just a, there's a there's a thing go, going around at the moment, isn't there, of, of Maradona 
doing apparently doing the old iron filings on the bench yes. during a game. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah. And his his coaching staff. Uh, it's balletic to watch. It's the thing of beauty. Is someone comes over and seems to hand him what we can only assume is a wrap of cocaine, and as soon as that <laughs> happens. <laughs> The whole fucking coaching staff, without even looking, they just instinctively stand up naturally as if doing it to sort of, you know, communicate with the players on the pitch and form a protective cocaine <laughs> shell around shield. him. Yeah, shield. Yeah, it's like a cocaine shield, right? <laughs> and Maradona quickly... But he's thinking, mate, do a... You know, I everyone... Cocaine timings when you have a bad cocaine habit, yeah, it's a thing, right? You got to think, well, do one now. When's my next opportunity to do one before it wears off? And then I'm feeling a bit weird. <laughs> and but for, but Diego, forty-five minutes. Come on, yeah, of course. Well, before you go out, one half time, one just at the wait. End. Yeah, just wait. Do you know what I mean? It's not the worst thing. I, I, you know, I understand your habit is bad, but forty-five minutes. If you're going to be a football coach, you've got to commit to going the odd forty-five minute without doing any cocaine. We truly will never see the lake again. No, here no, go Maradona. <laughs> never ever. <laughs> right, that's that. Oh, for, there you go, that's folks. that from this one. We'll be back with more of Michael Owen next week. Um, yeah, take the effort. until then. Remember, the tentacles are everywhere. everywhere. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 